Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Run With Cat Show. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Campbell, physical therapist, run coach, and most importantly, runner. This podcast is the place if you're looking for injury prevention, PR chasing, or just looking for some extra motivation as runners highlight their stories. Every other week, I will be talking to runners and running community experts to get you one stride closer to running your happiest, healthiest, and strongest. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. At this point, most runners know they need to strength train. What most runners don't know is what strength training actually means. What are the benefits of strength training and how to execute it correctly while also making sure it doesn't diminish their running performance. So in this episode, I have Dr. Gabby Go here to talk about strength training for runners. Hi, Gabby. Thanks so much for being here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited for this. Oh, I'm so excited. I know we've been connecting on Instagram for such a long time now. And I know for me, it was such a it was a goal of mine to get you finally on here. So I'm excited that we are going to be talking about this. I think it's so fitting based off of your Instagram and some of the content that you post that we are talking about this. And I think it's an important topic for runners to know. Yeah, totally. And I am so happy we've been able to connect too. I think finding other, you know, PTs, run coaches, or just people who do similar things is always so helpful and also comforting to kind of build that community with others who are very like-minded. So I appreciate you taking the time to also do this. Oh, 100%. I'm so excited. I always like to get started with this podcast, though, just making sure that people fully understand who it is that is the guest of the show and why it's fitting for them to maybe talk about the topic we're talking about. So why don't we just get started by who are you? What do you do for work? um, And a little bit about your running journey, because I know you're a runner yourself. Yeah, totally. So I guess I can start with kind of how I got into running and then it kind of translate into into my job now. So um, I started running in high school, but it was purely kind of just to stay in shape. I was more of a gymnast, soccer player. And so in high school, I wanted to do three sports. And so I did soccer in the fall. I was going to do indoor track in the winter. And then I wanted to play lacrosse in the spring. And so I ended up running indoor track and I was super fortunate to be on a very good track program. And so that was the first time that I was like, oh, wait, this isn't just a way to stay in shape. I can be somewhat competitive with it. And so all through high school, I um, did track and I was a 400, 800 runner. I literally thought running the mile was too long, which is so funny now because now I love running marathons. Um, But yeah, very much a middle distance runner. And I was super lucky to experience some success in high school. And I ended up going to run division one for the University of Maryland College Park. And again, very much a middle distance runner, even in terms of cross country, I was never like, oh, you have to, you know, go to Big Tens for cross country. It was very much, you know, train with the cross country team during preseason, but we expect you to perform during indoor and outdoor track. Um, unfortunately, in college, I did get injured quite a bit. I don't know, like, if it was the transition or just uh, change of training or just all the other stresses, um, but. I did end up going through several different types of injuries. So I had compartment syndrome my first year. I had a stress fracture my second year, Achilles tendonitis, all the fun stuff. So that was something I'd never experienced before, but that was also my first introduction to physical therapy. And so um, I was a 
bio public health major kind of, I knew I wanted to do something in the health field. I wasn't sure what. And then after experiencing PT myself and getting to see the benefits of it and how much it made an impact in my life, I decided to pursue a career in physical therapy. So once I started on my track to getting my doctorate, I knew I wanted to still run. I felt like I had so much in me just because I felt like I'd almost lost four years of running with how inconsistently I was able to train. But I wanted to do it differently. I wanted to do it the right way. And I figured, why not, as I'm learning about the human body, kind of learn how to do it the right way. And I learned so much in my grad school years. And that's kind of what prompted me to do, you know, some road racing and road running. I felt like it was a totally different world because I was always kind of a 400, 800 runner. And it was kind of nice because even though it was still running, it was blank slate. Um, so now I love running longer distances. I think it's a totally new challenge for me and my body. And I also feel like I'm doing it the right way. Um, so that's kind of the running journey. And then in terms of work, I work as a sport and performance physical therapist in Rockville, Maryland. I also founded a virtual run strength coaching virtual consult uh, company called Go Run Stronger. So we do one-on-one run and strength coaching. We do virtual consults. We have a monthly subscription for strength. I have two wonderful coaches who work for me. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. I think it's so amazing that you're able to use your experience and some of the injuries that you dealt with as a undergrad D1 runner and turning that around to then go and choose a career where you can, you know, be the gap in in the the running community that you very much needed as a as a college athlete. Yeah, that's actually exactly why I love doing what I do. I always think what would young me have wanted to see and wanted to learn. And that's kind of what fuels what I post. Like I try to post things that I'm like, oh, this would have been really helpful for me back then. Or I wish that I could have followed this type of account. So yeah, it's definitely very motivating. Yeah. I, and I think it's so interesting as well that, you know, to the extent of how much your coaching has built off to the side too, and you have two coaches already. So what does that look like um, within your coaching? So you will give people strength plans as well to supplement their running? Yeah. So basically the company, um, we actually just launched it in July. I was doing a lot of coaching on my own for the past year and it was growing so quickly. And obviously I have my in-person practice and for me, you know, keeping high quality is really important. So I knew that the right decision wasn't to just take more and more because I knew the quality would go down. And so Um, we launched in July. So basically it's myself, coach Pete, who's also a physical therapist and runner and coach Alex. She's actually training for the Canadian Olympic trials right now. She is such a talented runner. So to have her on the team is just amazing. And yeah, so we provide one-on-one strength coaching through our app. And then we also provide one-on-one run coaching through VDOT. And so essentially we sit down with the client with 30 minute consultation call. We ask them about their needs and we completely individualize the training to them. So every client, their strength plan, their run plan looks very different. And then we also have our monthly app subscription and that's more general. So that's for the people that, you know, one-on-one might not be for them, but they still want a very runner specific um, type of lift. And Pete and I work on that. So all the strength programs are written by, you know, runners, coaches, physical therapists, and that gets updated every month. The individualization is huge. And I do the same thing with my coaching. And so as a physical therapist, making like you having that background and being able to give that individualized care 
is so important. And I think that, you know, with your whole background, not only you being a division one athlete, being a run coach, but then having that physical therapy degree really makes it so that for you to talk about strength training specifically with runners or how that benefits runners is going to be something that a lot of people can benefit from. So I really want to get started with asking you in the most simplest terms for people out there, you know, they know they need to strength train. They they maybe have heard that word, but I really don't think people truly understand what strength training means. So why don't you just get started by explaining what is strength training? Totally. Um, I mean, strength training can definitely look different across the board, whether you're a runner, whether you're a power lifter, just depending on your activity levels and what your goals are. But I would say in the most simple term, it's your muscles moving against resistance to produce hypertrophy, which is basically muscle breakdown to then build the muscle back stronger. And so I think a lot of times in the running community, um, either there's a lot of runners who don't strength train because, you know, there's tons of like myths out there about, oh, you'll become too bulky or it'll slow you down, which is totally not backed by evidence. There's actually so much evidence that backs strength training. Um, there's pretty much none. I actually think I can confidently say there's none that refutes it as a measure for, you know, injury prevention, performance, everything. Um, but I also think that it's important for runners to know that it's not always like high rep body weight type of lifting. Like you do need to do kind of like that low rep, higher intensity to induce hypertrophy, which like I said, is kind of that muscle breakdown to then build the muscle back stronger. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like in a nutshell what I view as strong training for runners. I'm going to reiterate the fact that you said that it's not always going to be body weight when strength training, because I think one thing I especially see with runners is maybe they try to get started and they have maybe some five, tens, fifteens at home and they're doing something at home, which I think is absolutely great. You know, you have to start you have to start somewhere. But I think the the problem is a lot of times people might start with the five, tens, fifteens, do a couple of squats, do a couple of lunges, and then they they develop or ad- adapt to that weight. And then and then they end up just continuing on. And then that kind of defeats the purpose of what you just said right there with trying to move against this resistance that is going to really stimulate you. And so as you get stronger, I think one of the biggest mistakes I see runners make is they just stay stagnant with the weight that they use, whether that be their body weight or like light, light weight. Yeah. So the principle of progressive overload is so key in resistance training and every runner should be doing it. And so when I say progressive overload, it's basically exactly what you said, where you can have your starting point, but then over the certain span of your training block, you should be increasing and progressing the intensity of the lift and intensity can be increased in many ways. It can be slowing down the tempo of the lift. It can be lifting heavier. It can be, you know, changing the movement from maybe double leg to single leg. But basically what we do um, in Go Run Stronger, which is the virtual platform and also with the PT practice I do, how we kind of influence progressive overload is with our one-on-one clients, we obviously help them. So we might say, okay, like you did great with this. Let's increase the intensity this way the next week. But in terms of our general program and what we generally say is that we make our programs four weeks very intentionally. And so For example, the first week is exactly what you said, kind of getting that baseline. So maybe that's when you're going body weight. Maybe that's when you're going lower weight. But then over the course of the next three weights, the goal is essentially to increase the intensity in some way over that four or three, you know, four to three weeks um, span. And we give instructions on how to do that. So we'll either say, 
you know, increase band resistance or increase the weight or slow down the tempo. And so there's always some form of progressive overload because I completely agree. I think a lot of runners fall into the trap of they're lifting, but there's no progressive overload. And then therefore there's no real change with the muscle. And I also think a lot of runners tend to almost view their lifts as hit. So I get a lot of runners who are doing like Peloton training, strength training workouts that are a little bit more higher intensity. Not all of them are, but what they tell me is like they're doing the ones that get their heart rate up and are a little bit more aerobic, which those are great. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But if your intention and goal is to get stronger, you do need to kind of dial it back and do more of that, like, you know, lower rep, higher intensity lift where maybe you're not getting into that aerobic zone as much, but you are getting stronger. Yeah, there's a couple of things I heard there that I thought were really important. And that first one is when you said that week by week, people are increasing that intensity. And so I think it's really important. Like for my coaching, I usually have anywhere between three to four weeks where the workout is the same for that exact reason. Because a lot of times, and another mistake I'll see is runners want to be doing everything. They want like something different. They want a new stimulus. And it's like, it's fun. Like I get it. I, I get it could be fun. Um, but the the problem with that is that you're never giving yourself from that baseline that you've established an opportunity to get stronger and increase the weight and see yourself progressively get stronger within those couple of weeks. So I would say that's a big uh, mistake that I see that based off of what you're saying, you know, it's, it's something that you really control for in your, in your coaching. And then when it comes to that hit style too, I think, you know, um, as for one thing, it, it is about enjoyment, right? So if that's something you enjoy, that's totally fine. Like I, I do like some sort of hit style class one time per week, not because uh, for, not for specifically for my running, but more because I enjoy it. Um, and it's fun, but that is something to be aware of. Like if you're going to go and start training for, uh, strength or you're going to start strength training, then when you start, maybe the first place you don't you go is not orange theory, you know, not like there's anything wrong with orange theory, but that is kind of the style of like hit training where we're kind of discussing here that it might not benefit you or max it might not maximize your benefits the way that the strength training that Gabby is talking about will. Yeah. Or for example, I do have some athletes that love orange theory. And so I include it in their program, but it's not considered their strength day. So it's, I almost take it as more of like exactly what you said, like you love it. So of course I'm not gonna make you stop doing it, but like, then there's like your intentional strength days. If the goal is really to build strength. And I also like having the programs be set for four weeks because the way I tell people is that when you're doing virtual, there's not really like an objective measure to measure if you're gaining strength. But if you can say like, okay, I was doing a lateral heel tap and it was so hard the first week and I couldn't do it with any weight. And my form was like all over the place. But then by week four, you're crushing it with a 30 pound weight in good form. Like that right there in front of you is an objective way to see that you gain strength. And so I always tell people to just, you know, be patient. Um, and also when you look at, you know, professional athletes and even division one, when I was in college, most strength programs are built on four to six week blocks. So Exactly. Well, I mean, it takes even just like six weeks to build strength just in general. And so, and that's a good point. Like you think about um, running and running programs, right? If you're doing a good running program, maybe I'm just going to throw out like a workout right now out there. 
But maybe you're starting with four by 400s at 5K pace. But the idea is that at the end of your training block, maybe you're doing like eight or 10 by 400s at 5K pace. And it's kind of the same thing. Like you're adding on another one, but it's um, in running. But but it's, it's, it's kind of similar. Like you're keeping the same strength plan, but instead that intensity is changing. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's really important to, to just highlight some of those, um, mistakes and, and some of those things to be aware of if you're, you are new to the strength training world and are a runner. Um, I know you briefly touched on the benefits, but tell me a little bit more about the benefits. Like, is there any research that shows specifically, I know you said a little bit of performance, um, a little injury prevention. Are there any other things that might give some runners buy-in to, to being consistent with their strength training? Yeah, I think I'll just talk based on really like testimonies from my runners and also in-person patients. Number one, performance. They feel stronger running. They feel like they can maintain the pace that they want to maintain longer. Hills feel easier. Obviously, you can't prevent every injury. Like the term injury prevention is kind of unique where you can't prevent everything from happening. But in terms of injuries that they've dealt with in the past, like I get a lot of people with hip pain, knee pain, you know, shin splints, foot and ankle, everything usually that can be very mitigated with a good strength program. And then I think one thing that people don't touch on a lot is the recovery aspect. So a lot of runners report to me that they just bounce back quicker. So sometimes like prior to doing strength training, they would you know be wiped out after a hard workout or even wiped out after a race. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, now I understand like how people can, you know, bounce back and feel good. Like obviously you still need your recovery days and you need, you know, sleep and taking time after races, but they just feel good. Like I had one of my triathletes, he said that, you know, after his Ironmans, he feels wiped out for like at least two weeks. And after his Ironman, of course he's tired. Like there's so much that goes on into your body after a triathlon. But he was like, I feel like I could run like in three days and I didn't have him run, but just the fact that he felt like that was awesome. And so I think there's a recovery standpoint, performance, injury prevention. Um, I think things like form improves with running. So a lot of people are, they're just told like, oh, you need to fix this about their form. So they start running crazy different. A lot of times it can come naturally when you're stronger. And so that's something that I think, you know, isn't hint isn't looked at as much as, you know, the typical performance and injury. Um, I think another thing that's really helpful is bone density. And so that's one thing that with heavy resistance training, there's been so much research to prove that it improves your bone density. And so that's one thing that I also don't think is hit on as much. Oh, I love this. I'm just sitting here <laughs> for, for people. Yeah. <laughs> for people who are in their car or listening with headphones, I'm just like nodding my head over and over again, borderline like snapping and clapping because I get all the same things as a, a run coach as well who does strength plans and as a PT. And like the hill one is a very common one I hear, but that bouncing back from when you recover after a race is also a big one too. And then, you know, you talking about bone density is something, you know, how old are you? You're like around the same age as I am, right? Like what, 27 or something? Yeah. So we're at our age and the people that we surround ourselves at this age, people don't necessarily think about bone density, but it's important. And like, that's going to set you up for such a healthier life, you know, years later. And so that is something that definitely shouldn't be taken for granted and shouldn't be minimize as one of the benefits because that bone health is so important as you age. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where 
most of us want running to be a lifelong sport. And so, you know, you invest the time now, maybe when you're younger, even when you're older, there's never a time that's too late to start. And it just helps the longevity of your career as a runner, which I think all of us want considering how passionate we are about the sport. Yeah. And I've had a couple of patients who actually um, told me that they ran, you know, 50 miles when they were 10 years ago. And and now that they're, they're 50 and why are they getting hurt now if they're able to sustain that up until this point and not get injured? And that's another thing to take into consideration too. Like if you want to have a longevity in the sport, then you're going to have to be be able to recognize that at some point that strength training, you not doing it will catch up with you. And that if you do do it, that's going to be something that you can really complement really well and be able to have that longevity in that sport. And so regardless of the age, regardless of when you're starting, it's important that you do get started. And one question that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking as we're talking about this is, is, well, how many times do I need to strength train then? Like you keep talking about how great it is, but like, do I need to do it five days a week? Do I need to do it one time per week? What's the recommended amount for runners? Yeah, I think that's definitely a very individual question and kind of varies person to person. I'd say general guidelines is maybe three times a week. But again, I would say in the way that I phrase it to people is you need to meet yourself where you're at. And so a lot of times my first question to people when I'm talking about their strength training is like, what does your week look like? Do you have five kids? Do you have no kids? Do you work from home? Do you have to go in every day? And I think the best strength training routine that you can give yourself is one that you can stick to. And so I have people who go, you know, two days a week because that's really all that's realistic for them. But we make those two days extremely intentional. I have some people that are doing four to five days a week. So I think as long as you can adhere to it and it's something that feels within your reach and it doesn't feel like you're, you know, I heard online I'm supposed to do four and all of a sudden I'm doing four, but I hate it because I'm so overwhelmed. I can't stick to it and then you don't end up doing it. I really think you just need a strength program that you can adhere to and then you can always adjust it. So let's say you start with two days a week and then eventually you work up to four. Like that's great. I think it also depends a lot on where you're at in your season. And so right now, a lot of people are kind of in their off season, base season, you know, post fall races. And so I have a lot of people who transition from two days a week to four days a week just because it's off season. And so we're doing, you know, more like splits where they're doing maybe one lower day, one upper day, two full body days. And then a lot of them, when they get into season, transition back to maybe two or three just full body lift days, kind of, you know, go with the fact that now their running volume is up. So I guess like the long, the short-winded answer to that is it really depends on one, where you're at in your training, two, what's feasible for you, and three, what is your, you know, experience with lifting? I, I think it, it speaks volume about you as a coach and as a PT that the first question you ask is about them and not about what they need to do. I think that's a really important quality to have. And like you said, to be able to have that consistency and something that you can stick to is going to be get the thing that gives you the most success. And so again, I think like for people who are looking for a run coach or I mean a strength training coach or something like you're going to start working through your strength training. I think the the main thing that I got from that is that you need to be really aware of yourself and and kind of think about what you can commit to. And then I was going to ask you and you had already covered it was the fact that during your off season, right, that might look different than when you're actually in season. And so 
I think that's going to be a really important thing for people to recognize as well is because a lot of times people will start with maybe two days and then continue on with two days. But that off season is really going to give you the best time to to build strength there and set yourself up for success um, in the the following race season. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, one of the biggest questions I get is they're struggling with, you know, their training, run training, which is obviously the priority if you're, you know, trying to run a race. I'm not trying to say that, you know, strength should be ahead of running. Like realistically, if your goal is running, that is, you know, the priority. But I think utilizing the off and base season to maybe scale back a little bit in running. So that could look so different for people that could look like a shorter long run that could look like less running days per the week that could look like just overall less mileage and using that time to really harness and um, hone in on strength is so important so that when you do get into race season, maybe it does kind of take a little bit of a secondary. Normally I tell people that during off base season, strength is a priority running is secondary. And then during running season, let's say fall or spring, it kind of flip-flops where running is then the priority and strength is secondary. And so I usually tell people, okay, during the off season, if you're going hard in the weight room and you're feeling a little bit sore for your runs, I'm actually okay with that. Like let's slug through these miles because you're focusing on building strength. However, we get into race season, especially when you're getting closer to your actual races, we're more in a maintenance phase where I don't necessarily want you to, you know, get up on Saturday for your 22 mile long run. And you're like, my legs are so sore for my lift. That's not really the goal. And so I think general programs are great. Like I have a monthly general program, go run stronger has one, but the individualization that comes with working with that one-on-one coach, you can literally tailor to the phase that you're in and you're running or training is so, so helpful. So I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's nice that you have that accessibility for people who it might not work for to, to be able to do that one-to-one care. But I do notice that that one-to-one individualized approach is really w- where I see the most success in my clients. And so that is going to be something that I think is going to to really, if you're trying to maximize your performance there, something you should really be considering doing. Um, but I want I want to break down a little bit of a myth right now too. As you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, maybe some people out there are like, I'm gonna start strength training, and and I I think sometimes people don't know or don't necessarily know the difference between strength training and cross training, right? So maybe someone's thinking that they're gonna start strength training, but it's actually cross training. So can you explain the difference between those two things if they are different and if they're not, then explain how they're, you know, they're similar. Sure. Yeah. I think people have different definitions for cross training for me in the running world. Cross training is more, you're supplementing like your cardiovascular system and aerobic work with something like a bike, uh, elliptical swim. So that's what I, that's my definition of cross training. So if I have someone cross training, it's typically another form of cardio with the goal of the aerobic base in some capacity. And so that's my definition of cross training. And then my strength training, that's when they're actually like in the gym and they're lifting. And the goal is not to up their endurance or aerobic base. Their goal is purely hypertrophy and, you know, breaking down that muscle tissue to then build stronger muscle tissue. So I know a lot of people have different definitions, but that's what mine is. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have the same type of viewpoint about cross training as you do. From my understanding, it's one of those things that you can do to supplement your aerobic, you know, almost your aerobic base, but not put too much load 
or the similar load that running requires on our body, our muscles, tendons, and ligaments. Um, but that strength training is definitely, like to clarify, that strength training is definitely different. And if you want to work in cross training, that's fine, but you still need to be able to add in the the strength training to your program, correct? Yes. And I also think one thing that, at least for my def- or our definition of cross training, it's still a repetitive motion like running. So, you know, if you're doing swimming, that's a repetitive motion. If you're doing elliptical, that's a repetitive motion, bike, repetitive motion over time. Same thing as running. Running is a repetitive motion over time. So essentially the stimulus that your body is getting is the same over an extended period of time. And that's kind of what helps with, you know, the endurance of those muscles, the endurance of your body, your cardiovascular aerobic um, capacities, where strength training is very different. You're moving your body and muscles against resistance and the stimulus is very different. So you could go from a squat to something like a lateral plane movement to a jump to, you know, a hinge. And so I think that's also a huge difference, just the way that your body moves and the repetitions of it. That is a great point. And I think that's something that people need to be aware of too, is within their strength training, are they doing, you know, similar type of plane movements or are they really trying to address or hit all all planes and all different types of muscles and so you saying a hinge versus a lateral movement versus all these different things matter in when you create your strength plan because the more you utilize those different planes and strengthen your body in those different planes the better it is going to be for running and I think this is a great place to now ask you, based off of any research that you might have known or just based off of some experience for yourself, what are some of the most important muscle groups to hit, right? Because now people are like, all right, I know that maybe I can do at least two days a week of running or of strength training with my running. Maybe um, I I can add in a cross training day here or there, but I don't really know what my strength training is supposed to look like. And I think there are important muscle groups specifically for runners in general. And I think that might be the best place for people to start if they're trying to get into strength training. Absolutely. So I think the most important muscle groups obviously are more of the lower extremity. I know not I always include upper body in, but the lower body is really what drives every single stride that you take. And so typically, obviously, quads are really important, glutes, hamstrings, your calves are very important. Having a good core is also good. I think the one muscle group that's probably the most missed is the glute medius. And so it's part of your glutes. Um, So when I say glutes, it's encompassing that you have your glute max, min and medius, but working on the glute medius and targeting that specifically is very important. It's something I include in every runner's lift. The reason why is that glute medius basically sits on the outside of your pelvis, which are your hip bones. It controls the, I mean, the best way to say is it controls you in single leg stance. It controls your pelvis position in single leg stance. It has a huge role in stability. And so oftentimes I get runners who come see me in person. So they're usually injured. Um, a lot of them are actually doing really good work outside of running. Like a lot of them come in, they're like, you know, I deadlift and I squat and I bench and I'm really strong. And then I test their glute medius and that leg falls to the ground. Or I look at their single leg stance and single leg stability and it doesn't look that great. And so that's something that every single runner should be working on. Um, 
Another way that I sometimes break it down to help people keep it simple isn't necessarily in muscle groups, but also movement patterns. So I'll tell people, you know, keep it simple. A squat is very foundational. A hinge is very foundational. Some type of, you know, carrier march for core, a lunge, and then a push and a pull for upper body. So I was going to actually ask you after you had said that, what, like, if you were to give four exercises right now for people and they want to get started, and I will say, I will say, if you are new to strength training, you probably should be having someone look for your form and make sure that your form is right because just because you're trying to do it doesn't mean that you're doing it correctly if you're new to this. But (laughs) with that aside, if you were to ask or say four exercises, right, four exercises that maybe might be a good place for people to start with strength training, what, what would you make those four exercises be? I would say... And I'll say variations because there's so many. Some variation of a split squat would probably be really good for runners. That's a little bit more quad focused and the split squat gives a little bit more. It's not really single leg because your back foot and front foot are still on the ground, but it gives a little bit of that single leg um, type of work. I think some type of RDL variation is great. So that can be a kickstand, a foot on the wall, depends on where you're at. If you have good balance, a single leg RDL is great. If you don't, I would probably stick to the kickstand or foot on the wall because you take a little bit of the strengthening component out. If you're just so focused on balance, it becomes more of a balance exercise at that point. I think some type of sideline band work for the glute med. So that could look like, you know, sideline hip abduction, a modified side plank with your top leg going up or purely a side plank leg raise. And then is that three? That was three. And then some type of calf work. So I'd say any type of calf raise variation would be great. I love that. And for people who maybe don't know what she's talking about or need some ideas, go follow her on her Instagram because it's literally all that. that Because they are my favorites. Yeah. No. And I I think like when I asked that question, I'm thinking in my head, what are some of the things that I would give? And and I think that's exactly what I would hit too. And I think you, you explaining those variations are important, right? Like not let's just do a single leg RDL because you might not be like you as in the listeners might not be able to do a single leg RDL yet. And there might be something, you know, foot related, ankle related that you just don't have that balance yet. So um, variations in in some sort of capacity. And like then, you know, after your three, four weeks, you can change it up again and continue to progress. But I think that's a good place for people to understand and start. The, The other thing when it comes to, you know, these exercises is also going to be the fact that they don't know what sets or reps to do, right? Like we said, Sometimes people think body weight and just high intensity and high reps is the way to do it because that almost stimulates the aerobic system. So it's similar to running when that might not actually be the case. So in in terms of what you keep talking about, which is hypertrophy, really building that that um those muscles there, what what would you recommend sets, reps, um, rest rate, rest like duration between each set? be for a a runner who's trying to target that totally it annoying answer it always depends it's individual but i'd say for the general recommendation and at least what we do at go run stronger is so we will have we'll start with like a little bit of mobility so mobility can be higher rep anywhere from you know 10 to 15 depending on what you're doing the mobility isn't that focused on strength it's just about moving through different ranges of motion And then we'll usually go into a main lift. So the main lift is some type of compound movement, which basically means you're moving muscles that cross multiple joints. So that can be like a squat, a hinge, um, 
we'll go low rep for those. So we'll do, you know, maybe a warm up that's a little bit higher rep, like 10. But then let's say we do, you know, three sets of four to six. And the goal is that the reason why the rep is low is because you should be going pretty heavy. And we use RPE. So, you know, we'll say, okay, for main lifts, like let's hit an 8.5 where you feel like you could only do two more reps after or three more reps after. So that's that like heavier, low resistance or heavier, low rep lift. And so that would be the main lift. You can have one or two main lifts. And then we'll go into our accessory lifts, which are more of our running specific, maybe single leg work. And then we get a little bit higher in reps. So we'll go anywhere from eight to 12 there, just because I also think about it in terms of muscle groups. And so the bigger muscle group you're working, maybe the lower rep is better versus like, let's say you're doing a calf raise, a calf raise is, or the calf muscles are very, you know, aerobic endurance-based muscles. So maybe reps in the 15 to 20 range is better. And so that's usually how we break it down. So we'll do, you know, lower reps, maybe three sets of four to six for main lifts. Maybe we'll go three sets of eight to 10 for accessory lifts. And then depending on the actual muscle group, we'll further individualize the rep. So calf will be, you know, up to maybe 15, 20, uh, you know, lateral heel tap might be eight. It just depends on the muscle group we're using. And what's that rest like? Like how, how many minutes would you recommend each person to take um, between each set so that they have enough energy to then execute that next set correctly? I would say depending on their intensity, it can be anywhere from, you know, 45, 90 seconds. But the way that we sometimes do our full body is we'll actually pair a lower body with an upper body just because we understand that people don't always have a lot of time. And so we'll do like a lower body, let's say a lateral heel tap and we'll pair with a push up. And so you're the way that we think about it is you're getting a little bit of rest for your lower body while you do the upper body. And then while you do the upper body, you're getting a little bit of rest while you do the lower. And so we superset the two just so that people don't have to, you know, stand and rest as much because we understand like not everybody has like an hour to an hour and a half to be in the gym. So I think it depends if you're doing, you know, all lower body day, I think, you know, 30, 45, 90 seconds of rest. If you're supersetting upper lower, you can get away with a little bit less rest. Yeah. And that's a good point because again, it's it's already hard as runners, I think, to to show up and do the runs that you need to do, especially if you're trying to go for performance. You got to run, you know, you're running a marathon, you're running a lot within the week. And so making sure you, you fit it in without burning yourself out or spreading yourself too thin is going to be important. So fitting in that upper body way and the way that you guys do is it makes sense. Um, now, in terms of strength training, was there anything that you think that we missed that is important for runners to know when it comes to strength training? I think we hit some of the main points because most of the educational pieces that I talk about is, you know, why do we do it in four to six week blocks? Like, why do we keep it the same, which we covered? I think it's important that, you know, if you're truly trying to build strength, it's not a high intensity interval workout. You're, you know, really taking the time to challenge yourself. And I think the biggest piece is progressive overload. So I really think we kind of hit all of those things. And um, those are kind of the most important things to me. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, remember that if this is something you're new at and really want to get better at and do correctly, then you need to find the right person to help you if you don't know how to properly do form. Because none of this matters if you don't do it correctly. And if you don't do it correctly, you're more likely to hurt yourself. So know that this is a place for people to start and be educated in strength training because it's something so important for runners to do. But at the same time, 
also know that if you are not comfortable with strength training on your own and how to execute form correctly to seek the right person around you that can. Yeah. I actually just thought of one thing that we didn't talk about and that's specificity. And so having a strength program that is for runners is so important or whatever sport you want to do. I think having a program designed and tailored to your sport where the movements are similar to your sport is super important. And I think that's something too, where you, if you just, you know, do a general strength program that isn't targeted to runners, they're great, but specificity is something that you do want to look for in a program if you are choosing to do more of a general program. That is a great point. And one of the most, the principles of what we learn about strength training. So I'm glad you mentioned that one as well. There's one last question I like to ask everyone who is on this podcast, and it could be strength training related, or it can just be something that you learned over your years of being a runner, practicing um, PT and being a run coach. But it is, what is one piece of advice you wish someone gave you when you first started running? I think less is more or less can be more. I was and I think this is why I got injured so much in college was very much someone who I wanted to do everything. Like I wanted to do the highest long runs, the most mileage, everything that you could possibly give me an extra. I thought that was me, you know, going the extra mile and working really hard. But now that I look back, that was overtraining. And that was me not allowing my body to rest and not allowing my body to recover. And essentially it led to injuries. It also led me to not pushing myself in the weight room because I was always so tired going into my strength sessions because I was just doing way too much. I was doubling some days, like doing extra cross training. I was just doing too much. And so I think in the running world and the endurance sport world, there's often this misconception that you should always be doing more and that doing more will make you a better runner. And quite honestly, ever since I've scaled back and, you know, scaling back looks a little bit different for every runner. I haven't knock on wood been hurt in I can't even remember the last time I was injured and I feel stronger. I'm happier mentally and emotionally. And also like I tell runners that part of being a good athlete is knowing how to rest. It's not always knowing how to push yourself. And so I used to hate rest days. I used to struggle with them. I'd be like, Oh, I'm being so unproductive. I'm not doing you know more. I'm doing less. I'm getting out of shape. And that is just so, so toxic and wrong. And so you know, honoring your rest days, honoring your recovery, sometimes realizing that you don't have to do the most mileage. You don't have to do the extra cross training. You just need to take care of your body, meet your body where it's at and do what's best for you. Not what you see on social media of somebody running 90 miles a week. Um, I think knowing that less can be more is so important. I wish I knew that. I couldn't agree anymore. Absolutely. Find joy in the rest days. Take it easy when you need to take it easy. And listening to your body, which is hard for runners because we always want to think about all the analytics mentally, but listening to your body when it's necessary is going to be so important. So I really just want to give one last thing is you an opportunity to share any offerings, any social media, any way that people connect with you. Um, for you to share that. And then I'll put it all in the show notes, but I want to make sure you have an opportunity to say it. Yeah, totally. So um, all my handles, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram is drdr.gabby, my G-A-B-Y, go, G-O. Um, that's my handle for everything. I'd say I use Instagram the most. And so 
if you want to, you know, shoot me a DM or anything like that, that'd be great. I love connecting with people. Um, my website is www.gorunstronger.com. And so that's where you can find all information about in-person physical therapy, virtual consults with me, one-on-one run strength coaching and our app. And so that's pretty much the best resource for all the services. I also have all of my website and all those links linked in my um, bio for all my social media handles. And I would just say um, in terms of, I know I'm pretty, you know, I put myself out on Instagram and everything like that, but I always want to give a special shout out to my coaches because they are absolutely amazing. They've connected with so many athletes and helped so many people. And it's not like they're behind the scenes, but I feel like on my Instagram, it's very much me. And then obviously our, Oh, we have a go run stronger Instagram. So that's another one you can follow there on that too. But I almost think they're like the silent heroes because they're not as, you know, prominent on social media, but the work that they do with so many runners is truly amazing. And I love coach Alex. I love coach beta. I couldn't think highly of them. Um, I'm very picky when it comes to people who I work with and who work with me and they are incredible. So I always have to give them a shout out. Love it. All right, everyone. Well, Gabby, go. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk about this. I am so grateful to have had you on and I can't wait for everyone else to to listen to this and to connect with you afterwards. Yes, this was so fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right, everyone, keep on running happy, healthy, and strong, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. If you guys loved this episode, please, please, please do me a favor and leave a review or share this on your Instagram story and tag me in it at runwithcat underscore DPT. If you or someone you know is looking for run coaching or PT, Don't hesitate to reach out to me on any one of my socials or email me at katherinerosecampbell at gmail.com. If you want a community of supportive runners, make sure to join the free Run With Cat Show Facebook group. Thanks for tuning in and keep on running happy, healthy, and strong.